The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said to the disciples, There was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was squandering his property. So he summoned him and said to him, What is this I hear about you? Give me an accounting of your management, because you cannot be my manager any longer. And the manager said to himself, What will I do now that my master is taking the position away from me? I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I've decided what to do so that when I am dismissed as manager, people may welcome me into their homes. So summoning his master's debtors one by one, he asked the first, How much do you owe my master? He answered, A hundred jugs of olive oil. He said to him, take your bill, sit down quickly, and make it 50. Then he asked another, and how much do you owe? He replied, a hundred containers of wheat. He said to him, take your bill, make it 80. And his master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the children of this age are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of dishonest wealth, so that when it is gone, they may welcome you into the eternal homes. Whoever is faithful in a very little is faithful also in much. And whoever is dishonest in a very little is dishonest also in much. If then... You who have not been faithful with dishonest wealth, who will entrust you with true rich, the true riches? And if you have not been faithful with what belongs to another, who will give you what is your own? No slave can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Please be seated. Well, if you're listening to today's gospel, you are probably thinking or hopefully thinking, wow, that's a heck of a gospel lesson. It's particularly tough to think about how you're going to draw a uh, baptism homily from that gospel. And I'll tell you what, folks, I agonized over that. How can I fit baptism, the themes of baptism, into that gospel reading? So much so did I agonize that finally I called up a, a, an older priest, a good friend and a mentor, about my quandary. He said, Randy, it's simple. Just ignore the gospel. <laughs> And that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I preached on this tough lesson three years ago. I'll preach on it again for three, three years from now, so mark that in your calendar and come back. But today, I'm not going to talk about that. Instead, I'm going to talk about a car wash. That's right, a car wash. Bear with me, folks, okay? It's going somewhere. Uh, I love car washes. Now, I'm not talking about going out and washing my own car. I'm talking about going through those, those car washes where you sit in your car and you travel through the tunnel. 
I love it because you've got, first of all, it gets kind of dark in there. And, and then I have this cacophony of sounds, the, the water hitting the, the car. And then you have the soap hitting the car and the, and the rag scrubbing the car and all this together somehow makes for this very soothing sound. And meanwhile, there are no distractions. Your cell phone doesn't get signal in there. Your radio doesn't get signal in there. It's like you're almost forced to enjoy the moment. I feel like for a few minutes, I'm in something of a cocoon in that, that ride through the tunnel. But before you get to that moment of enjoyment, you got to pay. In this day and age, that means you got to select from a, a smorgasbord of options to either include or take away from your car wash. You knew it could be so complicated. Now, today I'm thinking about one of those options in particular. It's the option of Rain-X. Now, I don't know how many of you are familiar with Rain-X. It is a great product. It, you can get it at auto parts stores, and it comes in a bottle. looks kind of like Windex. And you spray it on the windshield, and you let it dry, and you buff it. And then for weeks, sometimes months, every time it rains, the water just beads up and rolls off. Sometimes you don't even need to use your windshield wipers. This is great stuff. And right now, you're really thinking, where is he going with this? Well, here's the deal, folks. There is something of an analogy between baptism and Rain-X, at least for some people. Some people see, see baptism as kind of Rain-X for children, just like we, we spray the Rain-X on the windshield and the water beads up and, and rolls off. Well, we, we sprinkle the holy water on the babies and sins just beat up and roll off. And with all due respect to our friends who think that, believe that, that is not, that is mistaken theology. That is not our theology. You see, baptism is not some form of holy life insurance. And this theology, this Rain-X theology is mistaken in several, in several ways. First of all, if you buy into this Rain-X theology of baptism, it, it takes our relationship with God, at least from our perspective, and turns it into a transactional relationship. Okay, if I do these things, if I take these steps, if I do this baptism, then all of a sudden I'm in right relationship with God. That's not how God sees a relationship with us. God is not interested in a transaction with you and me. God wants no part of that. God wants our love. Remember the first and great commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. God doesn't want transactions. God wants our love. Second, this Rain-X theology of baptism entirely ignores the, 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 the greatest baptism, the most significant baptism, that of Jesus. Jesus, the only human being who walk, has walked this earth entirely sinless, knowing no sin, as we like to say, uh, Jesus didn't need those sins to beat up and roll off. He didn't have any sins. And yet, and yet Jesus demanded that he be baptized. And then finally, thirdly, and most importantly, this Rain-X theology of baptism entirely ignores the fact of God's unfathomable love of all creation. Folks, God loves those of us who are baptized. 
God loves folks before they're baptized. God loves everybody who isn't baptized. God loves everybody from the very beginning of their lives, from the very instant that Susie and Jack, who we will baptize today, from the very instant that their existence began, God has loved them, and God will always love them. There is nothing that you or I can do that will make God love them or us any more or any less. Now, all of this I've gone through so far is what baptism isn't. What is baptism? Well, first of all, it is, make no mistake about it, hugely important. The importance of baptism is illustrated in our Gospels. If you read through the four Gospels, and trust me, I did it. If you read through the four Gospels, you'll see that there are very few events that are depicted in all four Gospels, but Jesus' baptism is one of them. Secondly, this is hugely important to Susie and to Jack because by going through baptism, we welcome them into the body of Christ. We welcome them into membership, into the church universal, as we call it. But finally, and again, most importantly, baptism is hugely important, not only for these babies, but for all of us, because of the theology of koinonia. Koina what? Koinonia. Koinonia is a, is a Greek word that is not easily translated into English. It means, but koinonia is the, the basis, the bedrock, if you will, of a, of a community. With respect to the body of Christ, it's this. I, this is what I like to think of it as. It's the, it's the attitude. It's the, it's the thought. It's the approach. It's the spirit that forms the glue that holds the body of Christ together as a community. Koinonia is hugely important to our life, our communal life together. And this is recognized, the importance of koinonia is embedded into our baptismal theology by way of the baptismal covenant. In a few minutes, we will all stand and we will renew our baptismal covenant together and we will make vows. Notice that word. I didn't say promises. We will make vows. We will make vows to Susie and to Jack. We will make vows to each other. We will make vows to God. And among those vows, we will, we will first vow that we will go outside into the world and proclaim the good news of Jesus. We vow that, that we will work to help Susie and Jack as they grow in their life in Christ. We vow that we will seek to serve Christ in all persons. And finally, we vow that we will respect the dignity of every human being. Do you see what's going on here when we view baptism through the lens of koinonia? She's going to be really upset in a few minutes when I put water on her head. <laughs> and that's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but when we look at baptism through this theology of koinonia, what, what our theology is telling us, what our baptismal covenant is telling us is, we can't do it alone. We cannot grow fully into Christ as, as God intends 
by ourselves. These babies, Susie and Jack, they need our help. They need the help of community. Folks who have a few more years on their head, like me, I need help in order to grow fully into Christ. We need this koinonia with each other. As I thought about this this week, I began to realize that what I'm talking about here, what I'm describing, is, is the world's first pyramid scheme. Jesus was the point of that pyramid at his baptism. And then after him, others were baptized, and the pyramid began to spread. And through generations and generations of those being baptized, the pyramid got larger and larger until it fell down on our shoulders, and we are part of this pyramid scheme. And just like any pyramid scheme, we have responsibilities, we have duties. And those responsibilities and duties are to live out that baptismal covenant, to live in koinonia with each other and to spread, to spread the body of Christ outside of these doors. And then I began to realize that, you know what? Going right back to Rainex, maybe Rainex is a pretty good metaphor for baptism, but from a different angle than I described earlier. You see, by way of Koinonia, you and I, we are Rainex for Susie and Jack. By way of Koinonia, we are Rainex for those people in this world who haven't heard the good news, to whom we give the good news. By way of Koinonia, You and I are Rainex for each other. So there is a lot resting on our shoulders. There are people counting on us. Susie and Jack are counting on us. The world out there is counting on us. We're all counting on each other. But this is a responsibility that we can meet. And we can meet it with joy, and we can meet it with love, and we can meet it with success as long as we meet it with the Spirit of Koinonia. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen.